Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos of Kuf Chaf We're starting the top line, the second to last word on the line. Today's daf is sponsored by Chos Dali Rosbas Rachel and the Hatzlacha of her family. The Gemara says Amr Bayram Duri Amr Shmuel Kremis Shamachtzelas pieces that broke off an old reed mat Motel Tatalim B'Shabbos you're allowed to be Metatalim on Shabbos. My time, oh why? Amr Rava Bayram Duri Asbury Bayram Duri explained to me Machtzelas Kufal Ma'ichazu. What exactly is the mat itself fit for? The Chasuy Be'Afra to cover over dirt. So when you sit down, you're not sitting on the dirt, you're sitting on the mat. Hani Nami. So to these Chazi and the Chasuy Be'Huti Noifes you can. Use them to cover over dirt, and that's why they're permitted to be metatal on Shabbos. Amrab Zera Marav Shire Prismias, old torn pieces of a talis, also a tatal on Shabbos. You're not allowed to be metatal on Shabbos. Amrabai Abai says, Matlonius She'ain Bohen Gimel Gimel, that's talking about a piece that doesn't have three by three finger breaths. Deloy Chazin Loyal Name Valela Shirim. It's not fit for poor people or rich people. That is the smallest size piece of cloth that even a poor person would use as a patch or some sort of useful use. But if it's smaller than that, even though you could technically use it as a rag, as a shmata, or to cover over dirt, since it comes from a talus that's not covered and no one will use it for that, therefore it would be considered mukta. Tarabanan, Shivri Tanur Yashan, broken pieces of an old oven. An old oven means that it had a fire lit in it once. The ovens were made out of earthenware, and only once a fire was lit in it did that strengthen the earthenware and make it strong enough to be considered a kli. So we have broken pieces of this oven. It's like all kilim that could be moved in a chatzar, and they're not mukta. He says, You are not allowed to carry them, they're mukta. And Hey Rabbi Yesi, Mishum Rabbi Lezer Ben Yaakov, Rabbi Yesi gave testimony in the name of Rabbi Ben Yaakov, Al Shivri Tanur Yashan Shanitan Shabbos regarding these broken pieces of this oven that they are allowed to be moved on Shabbos. Malkisuyov and on the cover of this oven, that it does not need to have a handle in order to be allowed to be metatol it. Now, what are a man and Rabbi Huda arguing about? They're arguing in a case where these shards can be used for some sort of malacha, they have some useful use, but they can't be used like their original use. They can't be used for some sort of baking or cooking. Both Rabbi Huda and Rabbi are going according to their own reasoning. On the previous we had a Mishnah in which the Chacham and Rabbi Huda argued about if we had a Kli that broke and the pieces can only be used for some sort of malacha, some sort of useful use, but not me'en malachtan, not part of their original use. Rabbi Huda said that's going to be considered mukta, and the Chachamim, of whom Rameir is part of them, says that it's not mukta. So that's the same as over here. The Gemara asks, Maskevla Rava, Rava asks, they're arguing about broken pieces of an oven. They should just argue about broken pieces of Kalim. Why are they specifically arguing about an oven? They're arguing about that specific oven. Which oven? Did not we have a Mishnah? A person placed an oven on top of a bar or a dust. These are two different types of pits. And he placed a stone there to wedge this oven in. Now before we continue, we have to understand this. Their ovens were usually some sort of cone-shaped or cylindrical-shaped piece of earthenware that did not have a bottom. It was placed on the ground and then cemented into the ground. A fire was lit inside the oven and then the pot of food was hung in the airspace of the oven. Or if they were baking bread, they would take a ball of dough and slap it onto the side of the oven and that's how it would bake. Now, what we're discussing in this Mishnah is that this oven was placed over a hole in the ground, and then a stone was wedged in place to prevent the oven from falling into this hole, into this pit. And now the Gemara continues. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, If a fire can be lit on the bottom, and it will get heated from above, meaning the fire lit on the bottom of this pit will provide sufficient heat to the oven, which is raised slightly above, which is partially in the pit, partially not, and it will be able to cook the food, then it's going to be Kabbalah Tomah. If not, meaning if you have to build some sort of 
bottom to the oven itself and light the fire in the oven itself, then tahar, it's not going to be able to be Mekabal Since at the end of the day, you're able to light a fire and heat up this oven, Tame, it's going to be Mekabal And now the Gemara just analyzes this. What exactly are they arguing about? They're arguing about the following Pasuk. It says in the Pasuk, Tanu Rikiraim Yutats, an oven and stove have to be smashed or broken. Tameim Haim, they're Tame, Utameim Yulachem, and they will be Tame for you. Now it's important. The word Yutats, which means to smash or break or demolish, is used only for something that's attached to the ground. And the word Shvira, which also means breaking or smashing, is used for something that's not attached to the ground. So Rabbi Yehuda Sav, Rabbi Yehuda holds Mechusr Nesitza, something that has the ability to become Nasuts, Tameh, so that can be Mechabal Tumah. This Tan Vikirayim only can be Nasuts if it's attached to the ground, that's how it can become Tameh. She'en Mechusr Nesitza, but if you can't do Nesitza to it, you can only do Shavira to it, which means it's not attached to the ground, Tar, so it can't be Mechabal Tumah. For Rabbanan Sarv, and Rabbanan hold Tameh Yulachem Mechabal Makam. It says in the Pasuk, Tameh Yulachem, they'll be Tameh to you, no matter what, if they're in the ground or if they're not in the ground. Now the Gemara says, Rabbanan Ami Haksev Yutats. It says in the Pasuk, Yutats, according to Rabbanan, implying that only an oven that's attached to the ground is going to be Mechabal Tumah. The Gemara answers, Ahuli Idach Gisa. That's going for the opposite way, meaning the Sakhtai Tachamina, you might have thought, Kivin the Chibri Ba'ara, since you connected this oven to the ground, Kigufa the Aradami, it's like it's part of the ground and it's not going to be Toma. The same way the ground is not Makabal Toma, so to an oven connected to the ground is not going to be Makabal Toma. Kamashmon the Chiddush is that this oven still will be Makabal Toma even though it's attached to the ground. Now we're going to ask according to Rabbi Yehuda, according to him, it says they shall be Tame to you, implying that there's this broad Toma even if it's not attached to the ground. So the Gemara answers for Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda Amr Shmuel, the Amr Rabbi Yehuda Amr Shmuel, Machlek is Behesek Rishon, the whole Machlek is between the Chacham and Rabbi Yehuda is only in reference to the first lighting of this oven. Before the oven has a fire lit in it, as we said, it's not considered a kli because the earthenware hasn't been strengthened. So they're arguing about what constitutes the first lighting that makes this into the oven that it can be Kabul Tumah. But the second firing of this oven, the second time you lit a fire in it, even if it's hanging on the neck of a camel, meaning it's not connected to the ground, even Rabbi Huda would say it could still be Kabul Tumah because the first lighting was when it was attached to the ground. And Amar Ula, Ula says, even the first lighting according to the even if it was hanging on the neck of a camel and you lit a fire underneath it on the ground, that's still going to make it into a kli so that it now could be makabal tama. So this is the conclusion of Rav's sheet. The Rav holds machlek is between Rabbi Huda and Chachamim is if we have this funny oven that's on top of a pit in the ground, according to Rabbi Huda, if it's not set up in this perfect way, so even though a fire was lit in it, it's not considered a keli. Therefore, if it breaks, the broken pieces are also not considered kalim and they're going to be mukta. But according to the Chachamim, no matter where this oven was or how it was connected or not connected to the ground, it's still going to be considered a kli. And therefore, if it breaks, the broken pieces will be considered kalim and they won't be Muktan Shabbos. But now, Maskiflar Ravashi, Ravashi asks, If they're arguing about the broken pieces of this oven, they should argue about the oven itself. The Tanur itself, according to Rabbi Yehuda, is not considered a kli. So, for sure, its broken pieces aren't considered a kli. So, why would he bring out this machlekes? By talking about the broken pieces of the oven, we should be discussing the oven itself. So, El Amr Ravashi, Ravashi says, It's really what we had said originally, we're talking about a regular oven that's connected to the ground that both Rabbi Huda and the Chachamim consider like a regular oven that can be Mkabal and that oven broke. So what are they arguing about? The pieces of the oven could be used as tiles, meaning what? We have large pieces of this broken oven and they can technically be placed on the ground, a fire lit underneath them or next to them, then this broken piece of the oven will get hot enough and you can place dough on top of this broken piece of the oven and bake bread like that. And Rav Meir is saying in the sheet of Rabbi Huda, according to me, Rav Meir says, even if this broken 
piece could perform some sort of malacha and has some sort of use, it's not going to be mukta. But according to you, Rabbi Huda, that you require it to perform me'in malacha, and it has to perform something similar to the original malacha. So Mia at least agree to me, the Chahai Gavna, in this case, malachta who it's considered like it's malacha. Originally, I used this oven for baking bread, and now I can use the broken piece for baking bread. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda will respond, Loi dami, it's not comparable. Hasam, when I had a regular oven, Hasekim I lit the fire from the inside. Hach, over here, Hasekim the fire is being lit outside the oven. It's being lit on the outside, or let's say underneath this broken piece. And furthermore, Hasam, over there, when I had my regular oven, Mo'omid, the bread was standing because I would take this piece of dough and stick it onto the side of the oven so it's vertical, up to down. Hach, over here, when I have a broken piece of the oven, Lav Mo'omid, it's not standing, it's placed flat onto this broken piece of oven, and that is horizontal, so therefore, it's not comparable, it's not considered like me'en malachton, and therefore those pieces will be mukta. Now the Gemara continues explaining this b'raisa, Hey, Rabbi Yesim, Yishim, Rabbi Lezer, Ben Yaakov, Al Shivri Tanru Yashon, Shenitalim B'Shabes, these broken pieces are allowed to be carried on Shabbos, if Al Kisuyav, and the cover of the oven, She'en Yitzarech Beisyad, it doesn't have to have a handle, and it's still considered a kli. Amar Ravina, Ravina says, Kaman metatlin ho'idno, Kisui de tanuri de masa machasya, de ein lohem beisachuza, according to whom are we allowed to carry the cover of the oven of masa machasya? They don't have a beisachiz, they don't have a handle. Who says we're allowed to carry them? Come on, Krebelezer ben Yaakov. That's like Krebelezer ben Yaakov that says that even though it doesn't have a handle, it's still considered like a kli. And the Mishnah continues. How Evan Shebekiriya, we have a stone that is inside a hollowed out gourd shell. This person took a gourd, hollowed out all the flesh from inside, dried it out, and now it's a pitcher. And he wants to use it to draw water from his well. But since it's very light, it's going to float on top of the water. It's not going to sink inside. So he places a stone inside this pitcher. The Mishnah continues. In Mamalamba, if he's able to fill up water in this pitcher, and the stone's not going to fall out, then he's allowed to use it on Shabbos. It's not considered muktzav. And if not, meaning the stone's going to fall out, he's not allowed to use it to fill up his pitcher. It's a bus's ledaver ha'asr. The stone is muktzav, and it's not really part of this kli, this gourd pitcher of his, and therefore he's not allowed to use it on Shabbos to fill up with it. Kufchav is on the top. The mission continues. Zmaira, let's say he has a vine, that's tied to a pitcher, and he's using that vine as a rope to lower his pitcher into the well to draw water. He's allowed to use it to fill up water with on Shabbos. He has a window shutter. Now, their windows were just a hole in the building that didn't have anything in them, as opposed to our windows that have screens and double pane insulated storm windows and whatnot. So they had this little shutter, this pickock, which is basically a board that was used to cover this hole in the wall, kind of like shuttered up stores. Now, there was a string attached to the shutter, and that string was attached to the wall. So the mission continues. At a time when the shutter is attached to the building and it's hanging, meaning it's not resting on the ground, piking in by then you're allowed to use it to shutter your window on Shabbos. Vimlav, and if not, if it's resting on the ground, ain't piking in by, you're not allowed to use it to shutter your window with it, because then it looks like Maisif Albinion that you're adding on to the building. Whether or not it's hanging or it's resting on the ground, you are allowed to use it to shutter your window. And the Gemara says, Tanan Hassan, we have a mission over there. Evan Shalpi Chavis, we have a stone that's on top of a wine barrel, and you want to get wine from the barrel on Shabbos. You can tilt the barrel on its side, the stone's going to fall off, and then you can take wine from it. Now Rashi points out the next part of the Mishnah, which is really what's important for us, is that if this barrel was among other barrels, and by tilting it to its side, this stone might fall off and break the other barrels in its vicinity, you're actually allowed to pick up this barrel, move it away from all the other ones, then tilt it and knock off the stone. This was only taught if you forgot the stone on top of the barrel, that you're allowed to pick it up and move it elsewhere to knock the stone off. But if you had left it there intentionally, then the whole wine barrel becomes a basas ledaver usr, 
and you're not allowed to move it at all, and there's basically no way to get your wine. Rav Yosef, Amr of Asi, Amr of Yechanan, Rav Yosef argues with Rabbah, and he says, B'Shem Rav Yechanan, this is only taught if you forgot your stone that you have to pick it up and move it elsewhere and then tilt the stone off. But if you had left it there intentionally, the stone actually becomes part of the cover of the barrel, and you're actually allowed to pick up the stone. Amr Rabbah, Rabbah says, I'm going to now ask on this memoir that I just quoted, the name of Rami and the name of Yechanan, that when you leave a stone on top of a barrel intentionally, it actually becomes a basis ledavar ha'aser. And we're going to ask from our Mishnah, because what does our Mishnah say? If we have a stone that's inside this gourd shell pitcher, if you're able to fill up the pitcher without the stone falling out, then you're allowed to fill it up and it's not considered a basis to the stone. So we see from here that even though we just place the stone inside the pitcher, it becomes part of the utensil and it's not mukta. So that seems not like this halacha that I just quoted, that when we place the stone on top of the wine barrel, it's going to be mikta. And then Rabbah says, and that's really not so, because Hasim, in the case of the gourd pitcher, Kivin Dahatka, since you tied it to the pitcher, over there you actually tied it to the pitcher, Shavidaifin, so it's considered part of the wall of the pitcher, and then therefore you don't have an issue. Whereas over here, in the case of our stone, you didn't tie the stone onto the wine barrel, and that's why it's still considered mukta. And Rav Yosef does the same thing. Um, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, I'm going to use our Mishnah to ask on what I quoted from Rav Asi B'Shem Rav Yechanan. Imlav, that if the stone is going to fall out, then you're not allowed to fill up the pitcher with it. So that we see that when you place the stone inside the pitcher and you don't tie it to the pitcher, that stone is not considered like a kli. However, I had just quoted B'Shem Rav Yechanan, says Rav Yosef, that if you place a stone on top of a barrel, then it is considered part of the kli. So it seems like this Mishnah of the gourd pitcher is a stira to the stone on wine barrel case. V'laihi, and that's really not true, says Rav Yosef. Hasam, Over there, in the case of the gourd pitcher, since you didn't tie it to it, it's betule butla it's going to fall out, so it can't be considered part of the vessel. You can't actually use it to draw water without the stone falling out. But over here, since by placing the stone on top of the barrel of wine, nothing's going to happen to the stone, so it actually is considered part of the lid of the barrel, even though you didn't tie it to it. So there's no stira. And now the Gemara says, What are they arguing about? That we actually need some sort of real maisa, some sort of real act, in order to turn the stone into a kli. And Rav Yosef holds, he had quoted Rav Asi, you don't actually need a Misa in order to make something into a Kli. And the Gemara says, Both Rav Ami and Rav Asi go according to their own reasoning. When he came from Bavli, he said, One time Rebbe went to a certain place before Shabbos. And he saw a whole row of stones. They were really set aside for buildings, so they were Mokta. And he told his Talmidim, Go out and have intent that we want to sit on these stones tomorrow on Shabbos, so that we could sit on them tomorrow, simply by thinking about them, that's enough to take them out of their state of mukta. And Rebbe said they didn't require any sort of maisa to make them not mukta. Rebbe did require some sort of maisa to be done to them, to take them out of their mukta state. What did Rebbe tell us So Rebbe says, He told him to go out and position the stones. Now Rashi explains, that Rebbe knew that there wasn't enough time to do any real ma'asa to them before Shabbos. So therefore, before Shabbos, he told his Talmidim to position them in a proper place so that we won't need to move them on Shabbos. This is Rav Amilashitase, that you need to do some sort of real ma'asa to the stones in order to take them out of their status of mukta. And just by arranging them, that doesn't make them not mukta. That just enables you to sit on them. For Avasi, Amar Avasi says, no, save a shafshafom Amalhu. He had told them, go and clean them off. Go scrub them clean. And that's considered a minimal ma'asa. And now you're going to be allowed to move them on Shabbos. So we see the Rav Asi is Lashitase that as long as you do some sort of 
minimal Misa to the stone, that takes it out of his status of Mukta, and you can actually move it on Shabbos. So that's why Rav Ami holds that when we take a stone and we place it on top of a wine barrel, that's not enough to take it out of its status of Mukta, whereas Rav Asi holds that placing the stone on top of the wine barrel already considers it like a Kli, and therefore you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. And now we just have slightly different versions of exactly what the story was with Rebbe. Itmar Rebbe Yisib and Sholomar, he says, Sevar Shal Kairisave, it was some sort of stack of beams that was prepared for building, and that's what Rebbe had sent his Talmidim to organize so they could sit on them for the next day. Rebbe Yechem and Sholomar, he says, Goshesh Shal Svinahava, it was the depth gauge of a ship, it was this long pole we had already spoken about previously, where they would use to see how deep the water is so that the ship didn't run aground, and that's what he had told his Talmidim to set up and organize for Shabbos so they could sit on it on Shabbos. Manda Amr Goshesh, according to the Manda Amr Holds, he was a depth gauge, Kol Savar. For sure he holds that if it was a stack of beams, that you would be allowed to prepare it and use it on Shabbos. Manda Amr Savar, but if you hold that it was a stack of beams, Avol Goshesh, Kapitale. If it was the depth gauge of the ship, then the person would be particular about it because it's very expensive. And actually, it's considered mukta machmas cheser and kiss. The person sets aside a place for it, and one would not be allowed to use it to sit on Shabbos. And the Gemara continues explaining the Mishnah, Zmaira Shehik Shura. We had said this vine that's tied to the pitcher is allowed to be used. We said Shura in, only if it's tied to the pitcher are you allowed to use it on Shabbos. Like Shura, if it's not tied to the pitcher, Lai, then applies you are not allowed to use it on Shabbos. The Gemara says, Lay must use it like Rabshim and Gamaliel. Let's say our Mishnah is not like Rabshim and Gamaliel. Detanya, we have a Brisa. Charis shall dekel, shagadar and leitzim. We have palm branches that were cut for firewood. Vinimah chalem liyeshiva. Then he changed his mind and decided he wanted to use them for sitting on. Sarch Likshar, he has to tie them, he has to make some sort of Misa to them in order to Take them out of their muksa status. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, he says, answer Chlikshar, you don't have to tie them. So we see according to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel that just by Chashiv Ba'alma, you could just think about it, that takes it out of its status of muksa. You don't have to do any sort of kshira, you don't have to do any sort of maisa to it. Whereas our Mishnah had said that in the vine case, you actually have to tie it to the pitcher in order to be able to use it, seemingly not like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Um, Rabbi Shesh, Rabbi Shesh says, I feel Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Really, our Mishnah could be Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Over here, we're talking about in our Mishnah, this vine that we want to use as a rope for our pitcher is still connected to the parent vine, and since the parent vine has no use, so you actually have to do a real misa to this long vine which you want to use as a rope. The Gemara asks, You're using something that's connected to the ground, and we know that it's also to be You're not allowed to use a branch or a tree or something that's connected to the ground, so how could it be that we're using this? The Gemara answer is not a problem. It's lower than three tfachim, and since it's within three tfachim of the ground, it's considered like it's part of the ground. It's not it's not attached to the ground, it's like it's part of the ground, and then it's not an issue. Ravashi Yom Ravashi says, Afilu Tema Betlusha. It could even be talking about a detached vine, and our Mishnah still could be Roshim and Gamliel. Gzeir Roshim Yiktem, we have a Gzeir that if the person doesn't tie this vine to the pitcher before Shabbos, on Shabbos he's going to realize that this vine is too long, and then he's going to end up cutting it down to size. That's going to be actually making a Kli, that's going to be Makah Patish, and then it's going to be Yasser. So even Roshim and Gamliel holds that in our Mishnah, he would have to tie the vine to his pitcher before Shabbos if he wants to be able to use it. Now we had said, Kaka Chalain, if we want to place this window shutter on the window, so we had a between Rebbe Lazar and the Chachamim whether or not he's allowed to do so. And the Gemara says, Everyone agrees, the Chacham and Rebbe Lazar agree, A person may not make a temporary structure on Yantif, and he for sure may not do so on Shabbos. The issue of making an oil Arai only applies to roofing existing walls. So for example, and this is only for illustrative purposes, after Sukkot, you rolled up your Schach, but you left the walls there. And it lasted all through the blustery winter, and now it's and you'd like to enjoy the weather, but the sun is beating down. So it's also for you to take your schach and unroll it on the sukkah, even though it's only temporary. Now Rashi points out that this isra of oil arai, making a temporary structure, 
only exists if you first have walls and then you make a roof. But if you work backwards, it's not an issue. So if you have two people spread out the schach over their heads, holding it above them as a roof, then some more people can bring the walls, creating the mechitzas. Now creating a mechitza partition isn't a problem. So if this is not allowed to be done on Yantif, for sure it's not allowed to be done on Shabbos. But the Gemara continues. What's the whole between the Chacham and Rebbe Lezer? El Lahaisif, only when you want to add on to an existing permanent structure. Shabbalazer and Rebbe Lezer holds Ein Masif and Biyantif, you're not allowed to add on even a temporary addition to a permanent structure on Yantif, Vein Sarchlein Shabbos. And for sure you're not allowed to do so on Shabbos. So therefore, even though you're putting the shutter on, your window on Shabbos, and it's a temporary structure, everyone knows you're going to take the shutter off. Nonetheless, it looks like you're being Maisafal Binyan, it looks like you're adding on, and that's going to be Asr. You're allowed to add on temporarily to an existing structure on Shabbos, means Sarchlein Biyantif, and for sure you're allowed to do so on Yantif. Tomorrow we're going to delve deeper into the Chams Shita and understand the finer details of when you're allowed to put on this window shutter on Shabbos. Everyone should have a wonderful day.